Ready? This is a this is a show where we're actually talking about you know cooking. Is it recipes? What, what's the what's the point of this? What are we doing? What's what's the goal? <laughs> what are we? What is the gimmick? I mean, I know I've heard of people who get together and then they they, they draw pictures and they pass them back and forth and have them guess what the image is. And there's other people who like to kind of hang out and discuss books. And then, you know, talk about them. Maybe they draw little <laughs> diagrams on the whiteboard. And it gives you people an idea of, like, where the, their thought their thought process was as they went from chapter to chapter. But what is our gimmick here? What is our shtick? What are we trying to do? Pernell, it's video game music. It's video game music all the way down. Oh! So do we need a flow? Do we need the whiteboard for the flowchart? I don't know. We can use that for other things. We, we can get some Pictionary... All right, yeah, Pictionary. We can do Pictionary and on, then, on the um, pod, Pictionary on the podcast, and then we got to do the thing where we link every video game to a delicacy. Okay, and then we have to, you know, create a recipe, you know, descriptive for the game, and it can be like you know, dining by controller light or something like that. By control. Oh, okay, that's like one of those, um, one of those Mad Cats controllers that like you let. Your friend that come, comes over to the house to use that lights up. That's the tick. Or the PS4 with the, the weird dual shot yeah. blue light. Yeah, yeah. Games by controller light. And we can just like, today we're going to discuss. No, we talk really low because it's, cause it's by, 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 by low light. But we need It's the, romantic. But we still need the snoot factor. It has to be like, today we're here today to discuss yeah. a delicious <laughs> Malbec and a fine roast no, 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 to no, no, go no, along no. with I've, Porky I've, Pig's I've, Lose Jam. I've watched enough video game YouTubers to be like, well, this is crap, and we should talk about this now. But this game is doopy doop 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 doop. Like, like, we can do that. We can do that. What are we talking about? Well, we uh, none of this is usable, but I'm going to leave it in anyway. But that's that's. I think that's fun because, quite frankly, Yo, I love how I started talking about something. And I'm going to record it. <laughs> Apparently so. But that's actually the, the this is how the this is how the show what the show turned into. You're going to start talking. I'm going to record it. <laughs> We're just going to do that. So let me tell you about my dog, my, my dog, Marbles. So uh, Marbles is a, is Marbles. a pet. Mar- Marblecast. <laughs> Marblecast. Well, welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. This is Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. Where we do not discuss various beverages and foods over games. Um, we, 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 we drink various beverages and foods. <laughs> this is true. We drink the food. No, soup. Only soup. And um, we and we listen to uh, video game music from all consoles and all generations. If it is good, we're gonna find it. And if it's not good, we unfortunately will find it anyway. We'll find that too, and we'll push it to the side. My name is Rob Nichols. I'm one of your hosts, and over there's my other host. His name is right over there. He's gonna say his name right now, any minute now. He's gonna say his name. Let me and tell you about my dog had- Marbles. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Purnell. That's Purnell. And clearly, this is not your typical LaCroix. <laughs> I'm actually having a great time here. Just, Good. We haven't even started yet. We haven't even started yet. On January 27th in South Philadelphia, you will come. You will be there. You will come to the Everything is Awesome Comedy Festival. You'll be there. And we're going to be there, too. We're going to be there at the South Street Cinema on South Street at 2 p.m., to 3 p.m. We might be nervous, but we're gonna have fun. If you, and who we're killing we? And if you come a little early, there's another podcast to listen to. And if you're a little late, um, maybe you get drinks with us. 
That is true. That's probably what we're going to do. Um, there's another, the, We're going to walk to Thirsty Dice afterwards. Yeah. There's a lot of comedy shows. There's a lot of improv shows. There's a lot of cool podcasts. There's Nerds with Words. There's Everything is Awesome. There is Victims and Villains. There is Refugees of Esmeralda. I don't know what that is. Pod of Love. My Gay Agenda. Breaking Mayberry. Um, just to name a few. Oh, and Just Grubbin'. I think it's a show about food. Between that and the Mayberry, I think that's what I'm I'm most curious about both of them. What I'm excited about is that these are all Philadelphia like people. People like these are all podcasters from Philadelphia. So what you're saying is we're all gonna end up in the street by the end fighting with knives and bats over who makes the best cheese stick. I just want Gritty to show up. The the Flyers. If Gritty mascot, doesn't show up, I love something's wrong. I but then weird. he'll show up and he'll say he likes pat steaks and I might have to just, you know, go ham on on Gritty. So I'm scared about that. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. Gritty's coming for you. <laughs> this is true. Well, this is episode 16-5. That is World 16, Episode 5. This is it's New Year's Eve. And our topic today is going to be New Year's resolutions. Wait, what? Yes. What did you do? I did not do that. I can tell you right now. That's okay. We can pivot. So, fun fact we here. We pivot. <laughs> well, this is going to be a pivot. Cause, I mean, uh, we, talked, we just talked yesterday, which was Christmas Day, and we both had a few beers. That is true. Yeah, yeah. And somehow I still fin- you know, flip-flabeled this, but that's probably because of the <laughs> beer. So, fun fact. What's, 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 the, what's the true topic? Like, what's the... What's like the hidden hidden topic? End of the world. End of the world. I like that even more. So what happened was um I uh, I we probably had this chat somewhere down here. I'm sure. And I forgot. And then uh our one of our wonderful listeners, Electric Boogaloo, sent over a like a, a track suggestion. He goes, This would be perfect for the end of the world episode next mm. week or something along those lines. Like, this is a perfect track. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, we must have said that the track the episode thing was into the world or something. It makes sense given that, you know, it's new oh, year, end of the year. Purnell, I can do this. I can take my tracks and make them about the end of the world. No! Your New Year's resolution! I'm looking at my tracks and they work so much better as the end of the world. <laughs> this is going to be strange. So you're trying to tell me that you had New Year's resolution tracks that are also world ender tracks. They could work. Uh, my first track is Quit Smoking. My uh, which is for um, Lemmings for the PC, and my but don't ne- spoil them. My next track, <laughs> my next track was "Exercise More" from Streets of Rage Two, Yuzo Koshiro. Uh, you know that song? Exercise more. That's the one. The one. The gym stage. Yeah, yeah, it's the one that happened. Yeah, that takes. You're all fighting on treadmill. It takes place in the gym, and 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 the bad guys are just trying to get you to join. That is true. You get you get those the 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 fat boys with the hats that blow fire. They're just trying to recruit you, mm. but they had chili dogs prior to you showing up. So as they're laughing and ch- you know chuckling, they mm. can't help but blow fire. Yeah. And of course, unfortunately, you take that as an uh, act of aggression. So that's when the beatdowns occur. <laughs> that's how it works. You know, like Run DMC gets a lot of praise for being like one of the like old school original rap groups. Remember the Fat Boys? Oh were, yeah, I love the Fat Boys. You know, you know the, the the primary reason to remember the Fat Boys, right? Where there's two of them. There's two can of them. You, can you name them no. without me saying them? Kick a crack at it. I can't. All right. Reason number one: the movie Disorderlies. Oh, okay. I have very few memories of it, but I remember enough of it to know that it's awesome. It's the Fat Boys, and it was hilarious. Yeah. The second reason: the Nightmare on Elm Street video that they did. Oh, that was Nightmare on My Street. 
Yeah. That was them. Oh, I remember that. Oh, song. no, no, no. What do you want? No, no. No, that was that um, Fresh that, Prince and Jazzy yeah. Jeff also did one. That was Nightmare on My Street. Nightmare on My Street. That's Fresh Prince. I got that mixed up. But the Fat Boys also did a video, but theirs, if I remember correctly, was a tie in to, I want to say, Nightmare on the Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Oh, I don't know any of that. So it was, I was real All young right. back then, but you've. What are their names? Do you remember? Flab, Fab, <laughs> and, and Funky. Flab, Fab, Funky? Yeah. Funky. Fab, Fab, Flab, and Funky. Mm. The Fat Boys are back. In my defense, listeners, I didn't know their names when they were popular. I just knew them as the Fat Boys. They were. That's what they were. It's like you asking me to name the Spice Girls. I'm like, you know, Spice One, you know, Paprika, Cayenne, Cinnamon, Sugar. Spice. Cumin. <laughs> Turmeric. Coriander. <laughs> Turmeric right. spice. So let's let's start the music for the end of the world. Let's kick off the end of the world, Purnell. Yes. Let's do it. Let's I'm, do I'm, it. I'm Goton, baby. All right, what's your first song? So first track I came up with, I, I was glad that this was the topic, sort of. <laughs> that we, that we that both we, agreed upon. We totally planned. Um... <laughs> That I ended up, because I was like, this is a good excuse to pull from this game, especially in recent dialogue discussions we've had. And this goes comes from the game Super Meat Boy, Ooh. and the track title is Dr. Fetus's Castle, and it's composed by Danny Baranowski. Listening to Dr. Fetus's Castle from the game Super Meat Boy, composed by Danny Baranowski, or as I like to call it, one of the many excuses or one of the many reasons I've come to realize that music really can make a game. In the sense of that, when they change the soundtrack from his tracks to some other person's tracks, I will not play the game anymore. This I is, don't know what the reasoning is, it's just I don't, I can't. Yeah, it changed from this to like really heavy. Chunky guitar, like chugga 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 guitar, right? Yeah, it's like it's like over. Oh, it's a little bit of that, and it's just it's like another person just came in. Like I'm not even sure they were even trying to capture what he did sound wise, or if they were trying to go for their own thing. But it's it just didn't work. Like I, 
I became really into his o- this OST, mm. really into it, to the point where like I was rocking it at work in the car. It's good. This is high energy, like awesomeness. Is this uh, so? Doctor Fetus's castle. This is towards the end, huh? Yeah, it's the second to last world, but it's the dark world variant. So. The way Super Meat Boy works is that there are about there's seven worlds total because one of them is like a bonus mm. weird world, um, but they have a steady progression as you go from one to the next to the next to the next. They're all weird progressions, but they're still steady. And every world has a dark world variant. Um, world five is pretty much the apocalypse, where <laughs> for whatever reason bad things happen, the world gets destroyed, and Meat Boy's still running, gushing meaty juices all over the floor. And um, the inverted area of that is just doc- it's like just this area, and they call it Doctor Fetus's castle. Mm. You're not even in a castle. It's not. It has nothing to do with Doctor Fetus, but apparently that's what the track's title is called. Um, but I have come to obsess myself with this game because this is a prime example of a game where it is designed to just be infuriatingly difficult, but. It, the restarts are so quick. Yeah, so fast. The music is so fantastic that you don't even notice how many times you've died. Yeah. You don't really typically pick up on it until you actually beat the level and they show you all of your used up lives running through the level simultaneously. It is amazing. It is an amazing game mm-hmm. crafted. I'm looking forward to the sequel that's coming up next year or you get, this year. Do you get bonuses for finishing with, with fewer deaths? Nope, which is good because okay, I, like I, would, that. I would hate I'm glad, that. I'm glad to hear that. It's all about time. Yeah, that's why I like about Celeste was you can just keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying, and it never, and it never like there was no bonus for doing it with fewer lives. There was nothing like that. It was just you know you died a thousand times, whatever. Though I gotta admit though, and we I think we had this chat like back in January. <laughs> yeah, you hate seeing it. I hate seeing the numbers. Like. I died how many times? No! I refuse to believe it! Yeah, I'm like, probably you should see my counter. It's it's probably over six or seven thousand. It's it's okay. And the funny way though is like, due to being so obsessed with my death count up until I stopped playing, which was like world five, my death count was surprisingly low because I, I was obsessing. I think I ended up dying for Celeste, okay. this is good, by the did, way. Did it did it inform on oh, what was your what, what do you think your count was? Five, it was five, less five. than fifty, maybe like in the like between thirty and forty deaths. So were you playing it safe enough where you weren't going after extra strawberries? No, I was going for the strawberries <laughs> because <saw> it. <laughs> it, it, it's to try. It, it is the combination of things that I can't handle: out of reach collectibles that are with that are visible. Yes. But noted death counts. So I was like, I can't ignore them to kind of keep the death count low. Right. But I also want to die because that would make the death count go up. Are there any collectibles in Meat Boy? Or is it just bandages? Oh, there's bandages. Yeah, there's two things. I, I guess one of them could be a collectible of sorts, but uh, you collect bandages. And I can't recall if they even unlocked anything. I just like getting all the bandages. Hmm. It's kind of like how strawberries are in Celeste. And uh, there's also like warp zones you can find, like dark world portals, or not dark world, but just weird portals. And if you find it, it will teleport you to like in like a weird environment where like it might oh, be a Game Boy theme. Yeah, I remember, or virtual I remember Boy coming themes. over to your old apartment and you were showing me some of these levels. You played the heck out of this game. Yes, I did. You were showing me all this stuff, and I was like, how did you get this far? <laughs> how did you do it? I love that game. Oh. Cotton Alley. Cotton Alley, man. Yeah, I love that stage. Cotton Alley is the last unlockable stage in the so, game, and it's like cutie, uh, cutesy mm-hmm. music and a pink little bandage girl. So character. if I were to go buy this game now, it wouldn't have this music. Nope, that's such a shame. Unfortunately, that's yeah, that's so sad. That's what makes me sad. Mm. Like, I love this music. This is so good. This is like this isn't like end of the world. This is like racing to stop the end of the world. Yes, which is great. And if you hear the light world variant, mm-hmm. it 
really does sound end of the world, but I couldn't in good faith select oh, that man. because I I wanted this. <laughs> I really wanted this. Well, to keep things a little short, we're gonna um, I'm gonna move on to the next track. Wait, right before we do, before we do, uh, I, oh, I keep, I'm sorry, I don't want to forget to plug this thing. What's that? This is going. This is kind of probably late, and most people listening will probably have heard it after the show happens. But Magfest <laughs> is the week of this released episode. Oh, that is happening. <laughs> and I have two friends that are doing a panel there. Yes. And they wanted me to inquire about a specific like thing that's related to their topic, which is how to like ideas for being more inclusive for lesbian, gay, transsexuals mm. and minorities in yeah. games. Okay. Like I think it ends up being an interesting question to ask because it you can pretty much interpret it however you want. Just not like a jerk. Well, how to and uh, yeah, how to make games more inclusive to LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, like, I, I even told her I even had an idea in the sense mm-hmm. where it's just like you, like for me, it's just a matter of having characters that are naturally, and it's hard to even gauge this because it's all either beholder. But have characters that are just kind of naturally integrated into the plot, just like I don't know, life. They're seamlessly <laughs> integrated into life because everyone's here. Well, it's it's all about representation, right? Like yeah. for years, you just watch these TV shows and sitcoms, and there's it's all white people. It's all like white families and everything. And so, and, and you can go, and people will argue like, "Well, the show is still good." Blah 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 blah. Why are you saying it's bad? It's not. It's that there's no representation of the whole picture of Amer- of, of people, right? And, and, admittedly, and, and, there and have been more since the old days, but it's still. Like we're not back where it was, where it was like, hey, you have BT, but the occasional um, like Jeffersons, right? And so like but, that. I mean, video games are still trying to overcome that. Like, oh, it's a you know, Call of Duty shooter man. You yeah. know, it's it's going to be like the the male power fantasy. Granted, there's a lot of wonderful games, but like, there's still a lot to to do. There's still a lot. There's still a lot of ground to cover here. Here, yeah. And I think as far as my input on it goes, which I'm corner pretty much like this is what I suggest to them on the panel of course mm. is like I said just make it seamless integration like if I play a game and people are doing what people do in the game and quite frankly there's not someone rubbing it in my face that well, this character like and to put it from like the minority maybe, perspective maybe imagine- like yeah like, like you have a, a character with a different background but they don't it's like uh, a trans person might not be there and they're like, oh, he's there because that person's trans. Like, no, no, this is just another character. Just another character. Like, yeah. to put it in a perspective, in a, in a position that I can directly relate mm-hmm. to, you know, minorities in games, I always like to rib on Barrett. Yeah. Now, like, what is, what, if people think about Barrett, obviously you might mention this kid because that was a character trait he had. Yeah. But what is the thing everyone remembers about Barrett? Always the point where Robot Chicken even spoofed on it. The fact that he just swore like a sailor. Yeah. Him and Sid, but he was like, him was his thing. It's like, <laughs> clown! What? Yeah, oh, crap, you gotta bleep that. But like, <laughs> well, you have like, um, you have like Japanese developers and writers, and, and Japan is very. They have their thing. Exclusive of other, you know, races and things. And so if they're gonna include other races in their games, they are, you damn right, they're gonna be stereotypes. <laughs> oh, yeah. More, more nine times out of ten. Uh, but then again, I'm also generalizing. Generalizing. General hospitaling that. it. So let's talk about another wonderful Japanese composer, Yusoku Koshiro. I like that guy. He wears cool pants. All right, so this is one of his first soundtracks. It is uh, like a, it's a, it's a side-scrolling action game with RPG elements. One of the first Metroidvanias, well before Castlevania Metroid. <laughs> this is for the PC-88. It's called The Scheme. Have you heard of this one? 
The skin? No. Well, I'll probably know when I hear it. Oh, it's amazing. And this is, track is called Perpetual Dark. Ooh, that's so, pretty dark. So you were racing to stop the end of the world. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and this is composed by Yusoku Koshiro. Listening to Perpetual Dark from the game The Scheme for the PC88 computer system, composed by Yuso Koshiro. And you gotta say, I mean, this is a jam, right? This is like this is such a jam. I am loving this track, though. I gotta tell you, I did one of my, I did one of those things I do where you bring up a track from a game I've never heard of, <laughs> and I have to look it up as the track's playing, and. I almost want to start trying to call this like E zero or something, right? Which, which is funny because it's already is an E zero, but E's double zero. Well, because it has a yeah. it has a very like side scroller esque appearance to it, like E's three head. Mm-hmm. It has the it goes it does like a screen to screen transition, so it's not like you know side scrolling. It's just screen one to screen two, and the main character looks like Adol and Yuzo Koshiro recorded for both games. Yeah. It's got me thinking. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, so E's, the first E's came out for the PC-88 in 1987. Uh-huh. And this was released on the PC-88 in 1988. Which uh, makes sense, then. Which makes sense, so that they were probably influenced by each other. But the fact that this game on the PC-88 was an open-world side-scrolling situation when is did amazing. Three? It was open-world? Well, I mean, like, like a Metroidvania. Like you can oh, go okay. Anywhere. Yeah. That is pretty amazing, especially for the time. Like, check when Ease 3 came out. Ease 3, Wanderers from Ease, came out on the PC-88 um, a year later, 1989. I'm, I seriously feel like I'm... Cause, I mean, cause, they, cause different, Ease, different developers. Wanderers from Ease was side-scroller, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like... This is messing with me. <laughs> one, I feel like even if they were different developers, one was influenced by the other. Oh, man. This is this is amazing. I, this This music is so good. There's so many movements to it. I love the solo. 
And then I love this section right here. I feel like, is there like a PC-88 emulator floating around there? Because I feel like I should be playing more games from that system. I want to say, say, yeah, absolutely. But you'll need to talk to people like Ed Wilson and Michael Bridgewater because they they, they, they know what's things. up. Yeah, yeah they're, they, they, I'm sure they've done it before. Um, but yeah, the developer on this game is called Both Tech. So I don't know. The, but the, the artwork is awesome. Oh, I gotta ask the you. The artwork, question. I want like airbrushed on the side of my car. <laughs> it I needs to that. happen. It's so cool. All right, what are you gonna ask? So we got a question from a listener. Okay. But I, I, I realized I, I was like, I should probably ask it before I forget. Because right. I've been forgetting things lately. So Solar Sanctuary asked us what what would you say was one or a few of your favorite anime from the late 80s, early 2000s era? Oh, so like those two decades, 80s, 90s. Yeah, like pretty much our prime time to be watching this stuff. Ooh, all right. Um, all right, I'll say, I mean, obviously there's Cowboy Bebop kind of brought me into it. Mm-hmm. Um, anything from Yoshitori Abe, so uh, Serial Experiments Lane. Yeah, that was your stick. I, I remember that. that. Um, Haibane Renmei, I love that. And Nia Under 7, so all the three of those were huge. I loved, I loved Tenshi Moyo for a while. I was really into Rebroining Kenshin. Oh, you uh, watched that? I know yeah, that. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, Macross, but mainly the movies. The Macross movies. I liked the shorter series. I could never get into like the really long, stretched out ones. Oh, oh uh, like Trigun. That. I was really into Trigun. Yeah, Trigun was Trigun amazing. was excellent. Yeah, so what, what were you into? Like, What were, what were your, your highlights? So I will say back then, um, Great Teacher Onizuka was a big one for mm. me. GTO was amazing for me. I was buying that on DVD on each release. Um, FLCL yeah. was one I loved a lot when that first premiered. I feel like everything you're going to say, I'm going to be like, why didn't I say that one? <laughs> <laughs> XL Saga was a huge one for me as yeah. far as how absurd and ridiculous. Because I was a big fan of like absurdist humor. Uh-huh. And I feel like XL Saga nailed that in spades. Um, Ranma One Half yes. was probably my the epitome of anime for me when I bought that. I used to go to the Sunco's video and purchase that and it was in the adult video section which made no sense at oh, all but oh. I still felt awkward going to pick up copies of it. If we're talking about that kind of like on the edge of being comedy slash adult you have to talk about Golden Boy. Oh, Golden Boy! I didn't get into until later because all you guys, like all you guys, were really into Golden, Golden Boy. It never clicked for me until the, uh, after the fact. And the Ping Pong Club. Oh, Ping Pong Club was amazing. Oh, so weird. So I still have so that on much DVD. Of that we can't even talk about. Yes, but <laughs> if you're okay with that sort of like crazy humor, oh, it's, but it's but it's not for the kids. That's what I mean. That's not for phrases. It's not for adults, quote unquote. But yeah. it's also not for kids. It's more like late teens. It's not for kids, but you would swear that like a ten year old wrote it. Oh yes. <laughs> it's that kind of humor. Yes it is, but it's hysterical. Uh, and it took me a while to get into ping pong club because I didn't like the animation for it either. Yeah, I mean it's not just like the old school animation. It's it's kinda herky jerky. It it reminded me of them trying to kind of capture like Western style animation actually. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and, and the art style was was not not the classic anime style either. Yeah, um, but it was fun. It was like the like crayon Shinchan was like that. It was not classic. It was just very different. And I just realized there was like a few more I should name. I think it's amazing. I'm like blah, blah, blah. um El Hazard, um mm-hmm. Child's Toy, which was Kadoma no Amocha, um oh, Berserk, Berserk, and Slayers. There we go. Yeah, Slayers. I feel like I've run the entire gamut. Like, well, I feel I like was, any other show at this point would be like, I liked it, but it wasn't, like, hitting the top of the list. I was reminded by this be- almost recently, too, because um, the Game Grumps released this new merchandise where they have themselves drawn as the Dirty Pair. Remember Dirty oh, Pair? I remember that. Yeah, but, like, 
it's them as anime girls. It's 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 really it's really good. And I was like, oh, that's right. I remember that art style. Like that was cool. Was Dominion like, Tank Police. Dominion Tank Police. That's like the same era. Yes. Oof. All right. Let's we'll, we'll keep reminiscing about anime on the next track. What, what's, <laughs> what's your next end of the world song? So this track, Assy came from a game I Assy reviewed back in October, and it's I it's like. Well, we'll get into it a bit. Anyway, okay. the game itself is called Metal Max Zeno. Huh. The track title is called, to my understanding, Roar of Steel, and it's composed by Satoshi Kadokura. <laughs> wow. Did you dig it? My face is melting. Yeah, buddy. So this track is called Roar of Steel from the game Metal Max Zeno for the PS4 composed by Satoshi Kadokura. So the Metal Max series is a long-running series in Japan. I know it was on the SNES, but a part of me wants to say there was an NES cop on version of it, too. Hmm. But the states didn't get very many releases for them. I know we had... One or at least one game on the PS2 that had a different name was called like Metal Saga or something like that. That sounds that Atlas published. Yeah, that sounds familiar. God, this music is rules. It sounds like it's like Guilty Gear. It's so. It sounds good. like Daisuke Ishwatare. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like Ooh. this was this is the boss track from Metal Max Zeno. Okay, I yeah. was obsessed yeah. with it. I, was I, like, I love fighting bosses. <laughs> this, um, but the game itself and the series in general, for that matter generally takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Mm-hmm. And the people, that, in the case of this game specifically, you are a person who is, generally at least it starts out as you trying to find survivors driving around in a tank across like various desert wastelands. And that you fight different enemies that are all being pro- operated by like a, a, male- a malevolent AI that decided one day that humanity was a plague on the earth and thereby triggered the apocalypse by trying to wipe humanity out. So you are fighting against this malevolent AI and the robots that it has patrolling the earth 
and every once in a while you'll end up battling against like weird like random tanks and stuff, which you have to pilot a tank yourself to fight the other tanks. Do you usually play a tank? Like, like you can do both. Like you'll be sometimes you'll be driving a tank, but you'll get out of the tank sometimes, like go underground and like go in like different oh, ruins and stuff. This is awesome. Like, what, what, kind of, what kind of what's, what's the battle style like then? It's a turn-based battle system, mm -hmm. but it's like I said, like you'll be like in a tank, like you'll all the different party members will have their own tanks, and you can find tanks on the map. Yeah. Sometimes, which means you'll have a new tank you can customize an outfit to have like different guns and treads and stuff. Oh, this is cool. Do you think I'd be into it? I would be into it. I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. I think you could. Try, I mean, you always want to come by and try it at the spot. Yeah, yeah. The artwork it. looks cool. Look, the artwork looks really cool. The only thing I don't like about it art-wise is that, but it's it's hard it's hard to knock it for it is the fact mm -hmm. that. It is a wasteland, so you're not going to have like a bunch of like grass and greenery and like colorful environments. <laughs> this world is dead, and Very, you're trying to find life and death. Yeah, that's kind of tough. Like when you have like a desert stage in an old old video game or like a wasteland, it's. It's going to be very gray and tan and dirt and yeah. rocks. But I kind of like that about mm. this, too, in a sense that the way it flows is that when you find a human, it's like a big event. Like, <laughs> there's a person here. Well, that's cool. Like, so your party doesn't grow that much? It does not. Mm. But when you find a new person, it's like, I hope he'll be in the party because he's alive. <laughs> That'll be nice. But, um, like, I honestly think the game is pretty cool. And I like the idea of, how, like, the whole idea of, like, transition. It's not Xenogears-esque, which in this in this sense is a good thing. Right. But it's not, like, giant mechs. It's, I'm driving a tank, a functional tank, and he sometimes to get out of the tank. There's a guy who repaired the tank, so he mm -hmm. might jump out of the tank to use a turn to try to repair the other tanks before the enemy strikes and kills him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if you fight the giant machine, it's like, get out of your tank and repair him. I was like, no! Oh, that's amazing. That sounds cool. That sounds really cool. And I really like this song. This is like hitting it for me right now. This is like what I wanted to listen to. Yes. <laughs> I didn't this even is, realize this is some end-of-the-world battle music. Did you ever hear something like, I didn't even realize I wanted to hear this right now. But it is. You wanted to feel that roar of steel. You get that. Yeah, this is definitely a roar of steel. Oh, man. We should play stuff like this in Philly. That'd be interesting, actually. Yeah, and just like just headbang for the whole time, <laughs> and then we you can play I, a track afterwards, just like yeah. a contemplation track. Where we just pick out glasses of tea and an electric kettle. <laughs> yeah, we end with like pilot wings. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some nice refined music for our listeners. So we get up there, you and me, four shots of espresso. Oh, I'm a jitterbug. And it's just heavy, heavy music, and then we end on pilot wings, and we get real chill. Yes, actually, here's a thought. What's up? Let's throw this question to the listeners, too, because we're going to come up with our own ideas. But just in case somebody's like, you know, here's something that might work. And it's like, that's amazing. <laughs> and of course, we credit you for the idea. But if you saw us live, yeah, what topic would you want <laughs> us to tackle in hmm. a live show? A live setting. It's hard because it's hard to know what to do. This is a very, very personal experience for the listeners. Yeah, because when yeah. you think about it, you got to keep in mind, like, at least, in my, at least mm -hmm. the way I feel, when you do a live show, you want it to be something that projects energy. Like, you want it to be something where, like, hey, here's a means for me to be just to get real goofy. Yeah. Or here's a way for us to actually interject, inject the audience to what we're talking That's about. That's where the espresso comes in. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, spash out so, yeah. so, yeah, I would love to hear some feedback on that. But maybe I think we'll, we'll, we'll bring that up in the Rhythm and Pixels chat. Yes. I'll make a place for that. Or you're on the Discord, the place where I never go. <laughs> it's kind of cool this hard as yeah. like, like uh, we, but, we, we run all the different systems. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere because that, you have to be. Rob's the main Twitterman. I am the Twitterman. But I do follow the Twitter. 
Yeah, no, I see you on there too every once in a while. I'm like, hey, you I finally like this did, you, are you still using like your high school yearbook photo? Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> well, you got the bow tie. Oh no, 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 I changed it. Bow tie is baller. I did change it recently yeah. because it was I couldn't not. Just couldn't do it. A anymore. friend of mine, my friend Mike, years ago, sent me a picture that he was like, "This guy's in the anime. He looks exactly like you." <laughs> and I was going through like my old film, my old pictures, and I just stumbled across this gif of the guy like. Doing like a like little like a stack like a sneaky sneer like hee hee and he's like tweaking his glasses you know when the, the middle finger push, pushing your glasses yeah, yeah, up your, your nose. glasses are all like out of focus or something they're they're, they're slow light shining on them yeah and when you pull it up the, the light does a quick twinkle like ching yeah. ching like I was like this picture is perfect <laughs> I gotta use it ah man this this shows all about anime tropes all right so my next track this is from what am I gonna use what am I gonna go with I'm going with Galaxy Force Two. This is a Sega arcade game composed by Katsuhiro Hayashi and Koichi Namiki because I love Koichi Namiki and Katsuhiro Hayashi. This is the fighting game, isn't it? No, this is a, a space shooter that's kind of on rails. Huh. So think um, Space Harrier. Okay. It's, it's actually the same game engine. Um, and I think Koichi Namiki worked on Space Harrier too. I'm not sure. I'll check that. But this song is called Take Back. Scene C, level three. And this... Uh, this soundtrack's amazing. I totally heard that as CNC Music Fact. Oh. Groove is in the high. That's the one. Anyway, this is composed by Katsuhiro Hayashi, Koichi Namiki, CNC Music Factory. For the arcade.
listening to Galaxy Force 2. This is for the Sega Y arcade board, composed by Katsuhiro Hayashi and Koichi and Amiki. The track is called Take Back, Scene C, Level 3. And I like yeah, this. Yeah, it's good. So um, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of looking at for tracks from Koichi and Amiki uh, because of Supermoto GP. Mm-hmm. And I love that soundtrack. And I believe they worked on Super Hang On together. I got to ask it's this just, question, though. It's so jazzy. This I, is like... What's up? I, I have to do it. Yeah. So, um, I, I totally... I, you know where I'm going with this. I know, I know. And I don't have a good answer for you. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Yes. So, I could totally get where this could feel like a New Year's resolution sort of thing. Yeah. Which you might have to explain just by virtue of going with the, your original theme. But <laughs> what made you think this could cross over to End of the World? I think I would want to... This is what I would want to listen to. <laughs> no, no, no. So, this to me, this this music sounds like late 80s, early 90s New York. I don't know why. It, it's that... Something about that reminds me of 80s New York City. I kind of see that because in my mind, I'm thinking like, not necessarily the New York, but I'm thinking like Metropolis Builder type games yeah. from that era. Okay. Which yeah. would likely be New York because you're going, you're always, your goal is always to build major mm-hmm. metropolitan cities. It's and, like, um, um, yeah, it's like, it's like street, street jazz kind oh, of stuff. Oh, oh or so. like what I was like, infomercials, what are like, well, not infomercials, would be like, like, uh, like a lecture sort of video. Like you listen to scores, like mm-hmm. the 90s today. People walking to work, having coffee, and there's little Billy kicking the ball down the street. But what about Mabel? What is Mabel going to do? Sitting around the house, waiting for the the paper boy to show up with the daily news. Mm. What about Mabel, huh? Mm -hmm. What, uh... (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Those videos where it's like, it's always like just some, like... I like step step into like so America, nineteen ninety seven. Yes. Okay. So, I think yeah, like um, those weird videos from the eighties where it was like all about the Cold War. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's the end of the world. Cold War. <laughs> Cold War videos. This music reminds me of nineteen eighties New York, and we were afraid of nuclear war. There we go. Let's go with that. There you, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that was an interesting <laughs> step <laughs> too. Oh, do I love this song. I can listen to the song like all day. This whole soundtrack is a lot like this. It's incredible. It yeah, is I, incredible. And again, it's like a, it's a weird space shooter. I think. I mean, you said it, it looked like I, I, when I've read it, it was kind of on rails. But you said like you can kind of turn around and move around. Yeah, it looked like. Maybe not necessarily like do a three sixty mm-hmm. turn, but you were definitely like taking sharp turns down corridors okay. and stuff. Where it's like something like Space Harrier, no matter what zigging and zagging you're doing, you're always going straight. You're always going straight. The 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 artwork for this game, like the promotional artwork for this game, is also super rad. It's like crazy. Really? It makes no sense. It's like weird, like seventies looking spaceships and like girls hanging off of them, but like not like anime. That doesn't people. sound very safe in space. No, not at all. But, like, it's the 80s. We didn't know any better. That is true. As long as it was gnarly, radical, and somewhat tubular, we were okay with it. We were into it. I like, I'm into this song. I could also picture this being, like, the space station where you're refueling the ship. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be bubble gum. Uh, that would be a great game where if it was... <laughs> the game isn't you piloting the ship. It's you're, you're just the guy who refuels all the jets. <laughs> no, like maybe like there's different parts of the game where you stop at space stations, but like every space station you go to 
is like old school like 80s 90s jazz and like there's old um like mechanics and like jumpsuits and like what do you want and they're smoking oh that would be pretty that'd cool. be cool yeah see smoking in real life not cool guys but smoking in a video game <laughs> as the as the clerk at the mechanic right. shop freaking awesome that's what reminds me of a uh, cowboy bebop yeah yeah it was always like that it was very like um people in space but still kind of rough around the edges yeah it's, it's like cowboys in space it's like once you once you get past the whole hurdle of like look how amazing space travel would be you're still like this guy's still making a day-to-day check you know he's <laughs> just he's oiling the planes and if serving I, beer if we, you and i go to space this is what we're listening to on the way up i could not going up going up has to be like an enlightening like time for an adventure like once we're cruising Hey, once we're cruising, this is cruise music. Yeah, we're cruising. All right, cruise music, this is. Or if we, or, you know, we, we land on another planet, and we're like, what's going on around here? Well, that, that depends. It's a, and the aliens got their own, like, little, like, 1980s New York City. We're walking like, around with, like, what, they have their own little boom boxes. <laughs> yeah. We've been monitoring your technology, but we're 30 years behind. I'm you, man, this is, like, jazzy, synthy jazzy, but you can still break dance to it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right, what's your... Are we on your third track? Third track. This is the third track, man. Maybe I'll make this one count. Oh, actually, this is well off the mark from what I've been picking, but <laughs> I had a reason for it. All right. Though I'm still not sure about the title, so I'm just going to go with what I got here. So this is from a game that I've played very little of, but I know of it because of the series of which it falls under. And that game title is Terranigma. Ooh, And the track yeah. title, I believe, is Krista. And the composers for this game are Miyoko Takaoka and Masanori Hikichi. Yeah, this is a Super Nintendo classic. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a class that we were depra- deprived of. <laughs> depraved. We were depraved of it. <laughs> we were deprived of it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, we can't talk so about it. We can't talk about this game. It's, it's depraved. It's too depraved.
Hello, and welcome back to <laughs> Rhythm and Pixels. You are listening to the track titled Hometown from the game Terranigma, composed by Miyoko Takaoka and Masanori Hikichi. This track is particularly soothing, and you might be wondering, why in the world did this guy pick a track that sounds like this? The theme was End of the World. This is beautiful. This is really beautiful. It is very beautiful, right? And the reason why I picked it, though, is this kind of spoiling probably what the end message will be, <laughs> is that this game and the other games in the series being uh, was it Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia mm-hmm. all typically kind of have a similar theme of like just like creation and destruction, but mostly creation. Mm-hmm. And the case of this game, without going into the nitty gritty specifics, is that you are essentially trying to revive a uh, destroyed Earth. And I feel as though it is interesting to point out in an episode about the end of the world that from the end always comes something new. There's never truly the end. The end just means a new beginning waiting to unfold. Hmm. And as long as we're breathing, you can begin anew from nothing or from next to nothing. And this track, I feel as though being the onset of the journey of the main character who's embarking on a quest to revive the earth I feel as though this is a very solid strong track to give that message and give that sense of feeling yeah because you can give a message like that and I think it's this kind of music helps it go helps it go down yeah like Metamucil <laughs> but a dash of you know delicious honey syrup there you go honey does honey come I guess honey is a syrup you don't have to call it honey syrup what the heck am I doing um I bet there's a game that calls it honey syrup, which makes no sense. Sweet. Different. Honey. 20 MP bonus. Oh, yeah. Get some uh, get some extra fire magic for you. That's right. I always go right to the fire magic. I don't know why. I'm not even sure what my magic preference. I like psychic magic. Well, when I play like classic RPGs, I always feel like the fire magic is the most powerful for some reason. Well, I mean, it gets you to start wondering, because at that point you start to wonder what would be the most destructive force, because magic in games usually revolves around earth, fire, yeah. wind, electricity. Right, and so the, the the most powerful magic is usually like you know what you're using it against, right? You, you ta- it's, uh, that's the game, usually. It's tailoring. Weaknesses to Weaknesses to, yeah. But I always see fire magic, and I'm like, this time... It's like rock, paper, scissors and always throwing rock, you know? <laughs> it looks the most <laughs> it's destructive. Gonna, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. There's explosions. Like, the max level fire typically ends up being an explosion. Right. And, like, the max level of ice is what? A glacier? Like, which, you see ice magic. And it's like, ooh, snowballs. That's fun. Oh, come oh, You're down playing ice now. Water magic's like, ooh, a water gun. Oh, getting wet over here. You are totally downplaying these and other elements. You have like wind and air magic, and it's like a gentle oh, breeze a nice on a spring breeze. day. Oh, I get my sailboat outside. <laughs> Maybe you can cast more water magic. I'm going to cast wind blade because that totally feels like a nice spring breeze. Yeah, that's right. I'm crapping on all the other magic out there. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. I'll be telling fire, you. fire magic. It works every time. You just blaze. Oh, man, it's all about psychic force. psychic force. It's like it's it's just mental energy that can be used to decimate landscapes. How that works, I have no idea. Man, I don't believe in psychic energy, Pernell. That's I don't subscribe to. <laughs> you can't. God, no. 
Everyone believes in psychic forces. I say you just picked a track from a game with the word psychic in up with galaxy. I, I, I say the, the Earth is flat and we are not psychic. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh wait, no, no, I have, it, I have it the wrong way around. The Earth is not flat and we are psychic. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's one or the other. All I can say is just to point out that I think I've said this on a previous episode. <laughs> if someone ever made a TV show where they were going to pay people to look for the edge of the earth as flat earthers. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. I believe the earth is flat. Flat, <laughs> flat, flat. Cut me a check. I got a world to explore. I, uh, I'm going to find that edge, baby. You know, I feel like if they were going to do that, they would get someone so who believed it so hard. They'd have to do some kind of screening. Oh, I don't because know. I'm telling you, I'm going to walk onto the set like. Ever since I was a young lad, my mom always told me to listen to those naysayers and the, the encyclopedias yeah, yeah. and their woozle wazzles. This earth is flat, boyo. Mm. Well, I mean, ships fall off the edge, the never to be seen again. The worlds in video games are always flat, right? Well, yeah, that's because of tech. But there it is, actually. <laughs> it is. That's, that's a good point. You play too many video games. Which makes me kind of think. Mm. I guess they kind of have to because, like, no, that doesn't make sense because. Usually, they always try to make the game world seem massive. Like, mm-hmm. even though obviously you go to a continent, it's like you're on, you go to three cities on the continent, and that's your exploration of it. They still portray them as continents, and they still portray as sailing across large oceans. Yep. It's a wonder that more yeah, games don't do the though. Like Final Fantasy is good at that. They do the round Earth effect. Right, right. You you, you wrap around, right? Yeah, they do the wrap around. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely some RPGs that don't do the wrap around. I will say, I think more do wrap around than don't. But those usually are the ones where they actually involve things like full-on ocean and sky travel. Right. So do the wraparound. You know, if you're making a game, wrap it around. Yeah, but you better do it right, otherwise you're going to get sued for for stealing credit. Let me stop. I'll, <laughs> I'll try to lump Fortnite and, uh, and the Carlton into this, but that's uh, not going to quite work. Let's not worry about that. All right, so my next game is very flat. This is from Battle Garega. Oh, I know that game. Yeah, you know that game. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know that game. It's one of the first uh, bullet hell games. This is called the Underwater Rampart Stage 2 Plateau. And this is for the arcade and composed by Manabu Namiki. Manabu.
<laughs> this makes me want to go home and play this now. That's so good. The soundtrack's amazing. It really is. Like, so good. And Battle Garega is, uh, it's like, it's general, it's like typical, like, plane, like, army planes. Yeah, so yeah. So this track like, would fit. It's got, like, the kind of World War II style, which is problematic for a Japanese arcade game, but it's so good. Like, this... The soundtrack, Manubu Namiki, I feel like really honed his craft with, um, it's just, the, the company is called Toaplan, or Toaplan. Toaplan? Or Toaplan, um, and then those developers of those games with Manubu Namiki went off and made Cave. Mm-hmm. And that's where they did like Dudanpachi and Mushihime-sama and all those games. Um, they really fine-tuned their craft on these bullet hell games. But the soundtrack is, it stands up. Like, it holds up. Bullet Hell games always have a, a weird, like, interesting aspect to me. Like, and this is me speaking as a person who plays the living daylights out of them, too. I feel like, like, unless, like, you play, like, things like Black Label or whatever, which mm-hmm. I think came from, like, Cave as a coin term. Yes. I feel like all of them usually revolve around ways of guys you just blast out of the sky. Like, they're mm-hmm. not even a threat. And yep. then the boss is like, I can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. The, they're called Popcorn. And, and popcorn yes like where it's just like you're just like you're just like showering the screen with your bullets and they just blow up right away mm-hmm. it's called popcorn <laughs> I didn't even know there was a technical term yeah. for that I got really really into Dudanpachi and Mushihime-sama and I really wanted to score well at it so I started learning the combo system and the scoring system and like oh, there's, there's a whole language around these games oh yeah like combo systems those games yes. weird. like I still think Radiant Silver Gun and also mm-hmm. Ikaruga for that matter oh, the yeah, ones definitely. that hit me the most because yeah. like Radiant Silver Gun was hitting sets of three of the same color. So you can't just do the bullet spray. You have to, like, methodically shoot bullets to hit three guys. Oh, stop. I that. Three yeah. guys, shot. I remember playing that at Mike's and being like, oh, that's right. This game is awesome. Yes. Yeah. And then Ikaruga did something similar, but just for the black and white dynamic. Right. So for a lot of the earlier cave games, it was all about if you destroy an enemy, like, a timer kind of goes down, and you have to kill another enemy within that timer. So the larger the enemy... Um, the more time you have in between, so that you kind of keep a combo going between enemies. And so, if you can do a full combo through a whole stage, you get a massive bonus. It's a huge, huge bonus because I think when you have like a focused attack on a, like a boss or something like that, it still counts as your combo. Mm-hmm. So, like you have to space out. Like you start, you st- the, the gameplay changes from just survival, and it changes from just killing everything as fast as you can to waiting until the last possible second so that the next enemies can appear on the screen. Order amongst the chaos. Yeah, and so it's all about like pushing and pushing that risk in these games. Um, and that's what really caught my um, caught my like imagination and my attention and why I got so obsessed with this game for a while. And I think it's a combination of like music and like just that sensory overload that oh, draws yeah. me in. Like when I started Death Smiles, I want to say Death Smiles was, was the first one, yeah. one that I. Well, I don't want to say because I played them long before that. Well, that was but, the first one that I saw that that was very like geometric bullet hell design patterns, but in a side scrolling game. Yes. which makes more sense with like modern televisions. It was definitely my first yeah. side scrolling one. That I agree with that for mm-hmm. sure. And I remember going out and buying it and thinking it was an easy game at first because you know I beat it on the default says like this mm-hmm. is nothing. And I learned about the black label component. And you start playing that, and you kill guys, and they explode with bullets. It's like everything kills yeah. you in that game. You so don't that, want to shoot guys. Yeah, usually you, you see that in like the much, much, much like later levels in these other cave games. Like usually, like after your first playthrough, like if you do like a one credit clear, mm-hmm. the next time you play through it, after you cleared the game, is like a much harder version. And that's usually called. Um, I think it's when they, so it's one, I think it's when they first started calling it Bullet Hell, like Don Maku. 
So, and they're called suicide bullets. So after you, you blow up an enemy, like more bullets come out of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And like, so like now all of a sudden, like where your strategy was just covering all the enemies and just going as fast as you can. Now it's like you have to hand back. Yep. Determine sometimes you might not want to kill a guy because you need room to breathe. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You need that extra space on the screen. Uh, these games are great. And so Battle Garega got a re-release, right? Yes, it did on and Xbox and I think PS4. PS4, because you told me that they actually have a mode that highlights the bullets on the screen, which is huge. That's yes. the reason I never played this game. Because like there's like a dip switch you can change the color of the bullets yeah. so it stands out more to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a mode option where you can like kind of like get different like Panels to show up on the left and right side okay. of the screen that right. like track a, different information. Because this is one of those like tall vertical things, mm-hmm. which I, I, that's like my favorite style. But this, yeah, the, the reason I never like, played this one was because the, the 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 bullets were like so tiny, re- tiny, and they were like brown and black and gray, and they just fit in the background. I couldn't see them. Yeah, that dip switch makes the game infinitely more mm-hmm. playable. And now this also makes me want to play the other game that was like called like Dance Fever or Dangan Fever, which has nothing to do with dancing <laughs> except for the music and the the eye catches between stages. Otherwise, it's just a typical shooter. Oh, but it was like a disco ball and people dancing. Oh, okay. I want to see this. Is, is this a is this a modern a new one? Uh, it was a re-release of it's a re-release. game from back when this came out. Oh, I want to take. A, I I don't even heard of that one. I'm gonna look for that one. All right, I'm gonna turn this track down. We're getting to the part of the show we call. The bonus round. Jump to the rhythm, jump to the rhythm, jump. <laughs> Everybody move, get on the floor. Bonus round, time to hit that score. Oh, that's good. I like that. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements and just other, you know, interesting things. <laughs> Doodads and jibble to bops. Based on our theme. Um, so, Purnell, you're up. What do you find? I picked a track. I had a hard time with this one, actually. I picked. I went to one game, but found a bunch that I liked the sound of for the covers. Mm-hmm. But I decided to settle on this one. I hope it's the right choice. All right. This was done by a guy who I guess goes by the name Nama Sensei. And the track title is Mount Saber Rocked Out from the game Crystallis. Oh, cool. One of my old NES favorites. Yeah, mine too.
welcome back. You just listened to Mount Saber, Rocked Out from the game Crystallis. Re- I guess redone via guitar and other fun instruments by Nama Sensei. Yeah, very grungy. Very uh, very fun. Yes. Yeah, I like that. It's a, again, it, it reminds me of like a TV show, like like a 90s like action show. <laughs> like, oh, I guess like the Miami like, Vice intro. Like, yeah. like chips. I don't know why. Or... <laughs> chips. Glasses. Walking out of the bar and kicked over a soda can. All I think it was glasses. Pants. Pants. Shoes. Kicking ass. That's right. Stopping crime. And all the time. And Crystallis. I love Crystallis. Crystallis. I have, yeah, I'll be, honestly, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Crystallis, but I'll never stop calling it Crystallis um, because I was grow, I grew up with that. It's Cries, Talis. Nonsense. That's like people that say water and they'll never stop saying water. I'll never stop saying water. Yeah, it's water. I think that's a regional thing, though. It's definitely regional. Just like some people who say pop, they're wrong. But they say pop. But they'll still do it. They'll still do it, no matter how often I say stop Mm. doing that. Well, I like that tune. I like that one a lot. Thank you, sir. So my track is going to take you on a bit of a journey. This is the ending theme from Escape Goat 2. It's called Caper Aratus. Um, This is... I feel like there's two endings to this game, even though they don't really tell you where you, you escape and as a goat, as a goat, the goat escapes and all of the sheep have been awoken. They've been wakened. They've been awakened, awoken. They've, they've all been, been awakened. They've been, uh, they've been unasleep right. and they transcend their dreams. They transcend the tower and then, or you leave and the tower collapses and the world ends on the sheep. Well, you can actually leave without waking up all the sheep. Sure. Oh, that's pretty interesting. You have a choice at the very end. It's like, and it doesn't even tell you. It's like, you can just go. Oh, by the way, there's more sheep. <laughs> Poor sheep. Because you know there's more sheep. I make sense because this game had branching pathways, whereas yeah. the first one didn't. It was uh, just go to this stage. If oh, you want. I didn't know that. I never played the first one. But um, this is composed by Ian Stocker, um, Magical Time Bean. And there is a choir. I can't remember the name of the choir, but I'll have that at, after the uh, the track comes out. So. When I heard this song at the end of the game, it was so satisfying. So I really hope you enjoy it. It's very different. It's very cool. Yeah, this I hope is, you enjoyed enough, as he said, to play the game. Play the game. It's so good. This is Caper Aratus from Escape Goat 2, composed by Ian Stocker, Magical Time Bean. Oh, oh, oh. 
This was Caper Erratus from Escape Goat 2, composed by Ian Stocker, also known as Magical Time Bean, featuring the Albany High School Choir and Kyle Johnson on guitar. That that, that song is satisfying. That is me. legit. It's just it builds and it builds and it builds and it's so different. It's the only song in the in the game with the choir and the guitar. Everything else is that cool like demo scene soundy synthy stuff from Ian Stocker, which I'm in love with. I'm obsessed with. I spent all day looking up his soundtracks. I feel like I got this odd feeling he's going to become a hopeful guest on the show. I really hope so. Because then Rob said he was doing research on this guy, and then it turns out he did the OST for Monster Tale, which is a game that I've loved from the day it came mm-hmm. out. Yeah. It's an unexpected love for this guy's jams, mm-hmm. and I'm just laughing at this potential thought of him sitting around like, we can get the Albany High School Choir to get it on this. What do you guys? What do you guys want a job? It was like sure. Just like wait, they're really I, good. Yeah, I wonder if like maybe the mastering was being done in New York, like all yeah in upstate New York, you know. And they were like, hey, um, maybe we should get the high school choir to do this bit, you know. Yeah, it's like it's, it's just it's so it's so clever because up to this point, there's all of these all of this religious imagery and and themes, and then you don't get an actual choir like this 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 vocal music at the very very end is just so fitting it's it's like a prayer it's it's really cool and now i also started to think now because we were talking about like is this albany new york but you said he's from california yeah and now i'm starting to think maybe he's Al- actually like maybe doesn't albany california i don't know albany new york's the only albany i know but we're east coasty people so that's right <laughs> we, know, we, we know what we're supposed to know everything revolves around where dc is where philadelphia is and where, where they say is. soda and where they say soda which is important. Very important. That's how I know where to get my drinks. <laughs> you gotta know how to order your drinks. That's right. <laughs> then it's, it's if I go to a restaurant, time. what do you got? We got Coke. We got Coke. Wait, we got we got Mr. Coke. Mr. Coke. We got that. We got lime, lemon lime Coke. Ooh. We got that. Oh, remember we, we so we went to real quick. We went to Retro World um, Expo, that the convention with uh, up in, with Ed Wilson up in Connecticut and. We all had that one Coke that was like that had the kick in it with like the it was like spicy Coke. Oh yeah, I like that Coke. <laughs> it was, it was like spicy cherry. It was like spicy cherry, but like feisty was, cherry. That's what it was called. Feisty. We spent the whole weekend saying feisty. <laughs> I feel especially feisty now. Very feisty. Well, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to their YouTube's and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can buy the music, listen to the music, and support the artists. This is like a Hallmark movie now. <laughs> the best kind of Hallmark uh, movie. Thanks for joining us on Rhythm and Pixels, episode 16-5, The End of the World. Yes. Though, mm. I gotta ask though. Yeah. Unless we're gonna do an episode for New Year's resolutions next week, which uh, we technically could do. We could. We could absolutely do that, but probably not. That's <laughs> why we have the guest next week. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll mention that later, but what were you saying? I was going to say, sis, if we're not going to do that topic, what were the New Year's resolutions you were inspired by now? Oh, um, I was going to make it up. <laughs> like, as you went. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Like, take back from Galaxy Force would be taking back all those horrible things you said. <laughs> um, perpetual dark. Um, you want to 
turn off the lights and conserve energy. Underwater Rampart, um, that was all about... I wanted Water to, conservation? I want to discover a castle underwater while diving this year. And so then, you want to be well, under the sea? So I have to learn how to dive. Find an octopus's garden? Look, there's a lot of stages to this. In the shade? In the shade. This Okay, this music is awesome. And I have to mention, this was suggested to us by Electric Boogaloo, and this was the track that he suggested, which had me thinking that our episode theme was End of the World. <laughs> so so congratulations, Fred. You actually steered the episode topic in an interesting direction. I, I like this. This is, the, this is the end of the world music. This is like, well, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Go out on a jazzy note. Go out on that, go on that nice romantic saxophone. I dig it. It's the only way to go. Only way to go. Do you happen to have any New Year's resolutions this year? I don't. I like to set goals. I like to set goals that I want to try to achieve for the year, like um, fitness goals. Like I want to pass certain songs in ITG. I want to. I want to. I want to finally get past twenty pull-ups. I want to maybe this year get up to like fifteen miles. Yeah, pull-ups are horrible. Um, So stuff like that, but nothing. Nothing really uh, uh, resolution-y. I can dig that. Have you set one for yourself? Um, I tried to do it last year, and my resolutions, honestly, I feel like when I look at the list at the end of the mm-hmm. year, I feel worse because I'm like, I didn't do that. And a lot of them are like very nebulous. Yeah. Like, try to meet ladies or make new friends. Though, admittedly, I think I did make some new friends this L- year. That's good. You're, um, you're good at making new friends, though. That's what they say, but I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, I... Uh, but like in the end, I feel like I think this year going in, I'm minimalizing the living daylight side. I'm just, I just want to be happy, and yeah. that's my goal. Try to be happy. I like that. That's a good. That's a good goal. You can resolve to be happy. Yes. Yes. And that that's pretty much my thing. Also, play more of my board games because I have a lot of them. I can help you with that. Yes, <laughs> definitely help you with that. Um, okay, so next week, episode sixteen six, we are gonna have hammock from KVGM, the last wave. Hammock. Him. Hey, we're gonna do that. I hope I don't make him run in terror as I <laughs> use his name in that exact manner. Well, I do this with with a lot of our guests on the show. I invite them on the show, and usually, if, if they get excited about it, I say, "Okay, let's maybe listen to an episode, or maybe just fast forward through one or two, just to see if you still want to do it." Because <laughs> <laughs> we're we're wacky, we're feisty. Well, I would hate to have them come on the show and be like, "Oh, I didn't want to do this." I went on here for some slow jams, not yeah. some wild and wacky espresso <laughs> magic. But um, as you can imagine, we're going to be tailoring our music towards the style of KVGM. The chill. The last waves. More more music like this, I think. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge for me. I, but I think I'm up to now. it. Yeah, it's going to be good. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you, what you pull out. So having different perspectives on this topic, I think, is going to be good. And yeah, so that's it. So if you want to get in contact with us at the show, if you have a suggestion for a topic, for music, or if you are an artist or a composer or a remix artist, send us an email. Rhythmpixels at hotmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, and if you want more information about our show, full track listing for all of the episodes, access to all the episodes, and access to all the other stuff that we're doing, such as our. 24-7 video game music stream on YouTube and Purnell's excellent video game reviews on Hey Poor Player, go to the website. RhythmPixels.com yeah. 
gonna have that rhythm with a dash of pixels for your ears. Mm. Rhythm and pixels. Um, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. It, all those places, it's rhythm and pixels, all one word. Um, you, you can type it in, you'll, you'll find us. And if you want to support us, go to Five Show! <laughs> and if you want to support us, You're waiting for it. Like, are you going to do it? Uh, if you want to support us, um, yeah, just go ahead and share the show with, with the with the, for your friends. You know, New Year's is coming up. Maybe you can make a resolution to make your own video game music podcast. Make your own podcast <laughs> and share with your friends. Um, yeah, or uh, you can um, yeah hit the subscribe button or the the like button or whatever you're, whatever you're listening on. Where there's a button that's usually like yeah I want more of this. Click that. That'll help more people find the show. Um, Press it, the button. <laughs> um, and if you would like to help us out in other ways, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/RhythmAndPixels and you can um, help us out there. All the money there. It goes towards um, equipment, it goes towards us traveling, um, it goes towards hosting, and um, all of the costs associated with doing a podcast. And And speaking of traveling, I want to say, if you find yourself at MacFest this weekend, stop all over and say hello, because we can have fun and talk about games and music. We, uh, MagFest is this weekend, right? Yes. All right. So, MagFest was last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, this will come out the week before. Oh, the week before. Okay. So, yeah, go, go, go out and see Pernal at MagFest. And then at the end of the month, come out and see us in Philadelphia. Um, but on patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels for all of our um, Patreon subscribers, you get access to a live stream every month of us doing recording the show. You can get in on that and say hi to us and make fun of us while we're trying to talk into microphones uh but we're not doing it this year or this this month rather we did do a holiday holiday special stream but that you can where are you going with i don't know i'm really hot in this room all of a sudden um maybe it's the music oh that's what it is oh um we have for this month our very first lost episode you can download it now I found it, put it up there, and I put it on his phone for a while. I was choosing to ignore that. <laughs> He's like, I guess we'll never find it. But like, here it is. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't even change our name yet, and it's recorded poorly, and it's all Mega it's Man. Fine. It, but it's fine. So if you want to see, if you want to hear the where it all started, go check that out. And funny enough, I think someone has since come along and started using that name. Like they didn't get, obviously they didn't hear the show because it's like they took the name. Yeah, it's like coincidentally, like the same name ended up getting picked up by another podcast. Well, from what I've learned from um, the Dyad Presents on his podcast, he did an episode all of just the history of podcasts, of uh, specifically video game music podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I think the very first one was called like the Sound Test. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yep, and. So we weren't paying attention. <laughs> and um, Keyglyph's new podcast, which she releases every once in a while, is called Sound Test Roulette, where she picks like kind of random tracks based on like coming out of sound tests from different video games. Oh, that sounds cool. It's very cool. I, a very cool. Um, very cool format. So I want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. Um, first, Brian Kunkel. Second, Alex the Messenger. Messenger. Third, <laughs> I'm going to rank all of you. No. Um, the Autistic Gamer, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom. 
Damien Beckles, Wicked Sephiroth. He's the wickedest. Okay, Impala. I see you. He's a mean chef, too. Uh, Kung Fu Carlito, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast. I want to thank Henrik Anderson from the Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast. Uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, which is awesome. He did a whole episode on Destruction Derby, and it was it was rocking. Loved it. I want to thank Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray. Um, thank a new new Patreon member, Stephen Miller. Thank you. Hello. And Jupiter Jazz. That's a new one. Thank you also. Solus. She was here last week. She's not new, new. Well, I mean, you know. She's newish. Maybe she missed the episode. That's a good point. Yeah. So thank you, Jupiter Jazz, uh, Solus Sanctuary, John Jekyll, 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 Jingleheimer Schmidt. Jekyll. I'm going to keep going. Joe Vassalo, Chris Tienerson, and David Smith. You are all aces. You are all number one. Fantastic folks. You have saved us. You saved us. Did you save the space? Save the day. There's an anime red throwback for you, too. <laughs> Save the space? Save the space. Black Heaven. Oh, oh, that's right. Black Heaven. That's another That's what you were like, I wish I remembered Black Heaven. Oh, I was so into that. <laughs> Black that, Heaven I, is an old salaryman who relives his glory days as like a heavy metal guitarist, but then discovers that his heavy metal music um, can save the world saves well, the space well that's why he's reliving it because yeah. he's oh, like, a yeah. woman picks him up and she's like i want to hear more of your music and it turns out she's actually like a, a space lieutenant yeah who comes down to recruit him because oh. they heard his band's classic music on like old recordings right. that were sent to space all right after after we're done this we gotta listen to some of that music because i gotta i gotta remember if that was any good or not <laughs> it, no it was <laughs> it, okay, it legit was great oh, it was so cool and also i will say that show had probably one of the most hilarious like impressions of like a foreigner going to Japan, but also being a jerk. It was like it was like, oh, hey, yes, that's right. There was those those guys who like they were like they had like crazy piercings and they were wearing like muscle shirts and like, hey, you get out of the way. <laughs> it was really hilarious. And they beat him up. Oh man, that's an amazing show. So Black Heaven. Don't listen to the show anymore. Go watch that show. Legend of Black Heaven. This is crazy. Swank. So funny. All right, um, so yeah, we'll see you next week. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Thank you for listening. And good night. And, and good night. remember, I already spoiled it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dude. Well, the episode theme was the end of the world. And let's be honest here, who hasn't had that moment where they feel like something cata- catastrophic, cataclysmic has happened in their life that just shuts everything down? It's the end of the world as I know it. Everything's over. <laughs> or even worse, things like you, know, you lost your job or things that typically hit you in that spot but as with most things or all things from the end comes a beginning you can't have a beginning without an end so even though something ended and it might necessarily be the thing you wanted to happen it might be a pretty rough situation to find yourself in always remember that that just means that a new adventure is going to start and all you have to do is take the first step to go on the pilgrimage and hey you listen to this show enough, I'm sure you can come up with a really swank kickoff beat to go with your pilgrimage out into the unknown. Adventure, baby. Get up on it.